Anybody love the Bible? Anybody got, the, anybody got their paper Bible, paper Bibles in the house? There it is, there it is. Digitals, are they charged? Okay, all right, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. John chapter 10, for, for those of you that are, that are uh, regulars here at CTC, we're, we're going through the book of Romans, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a standalone message uh, this morning out of John chapter 10, and I'm gonna open up by reading verse one through 10. John 10, verse one through 10. I'll be straight up with you guys. I went 10 minutes over in first service. But, but you know the rules. Enough amens early on. I'll go 10 minutes under in this service. <laughs> no, I probably won't. But, um, but I do. I'm excited to preach. But, but I'm most excited just right now to read my Bible with you, with your Bible in hand. So John chapter 10, verse 1. And it says this, I'm reading out of the ESV. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used when with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come, came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Lord, we thank you for your word. We're open to hear from you, to receive from you. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody here ever heard of TikTok? I think there's a number of you in this service that have heard of TikTok. First service, not so many. But... If, if you don't know, it's, it's, it's an online app where you can watch short clips and videos. Uh, you can do something similar on, on Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one of those people who's anti-social media. Uh, I'm, I'm just young enough, and I lead young people, so I, I think it's good. I'm not a TikTok person or Snapchat. I'm more of an Instagram person myself, but, but uh, they all have their own different values and different things, but, but I don't need to be a TikToker because my wife is a TikToker. And I'll be the first to admit that uh, a lot of, of, of our outings and, and restaurants and different things that we go and see on vacation, I found out after the fact are by way of TikTok. So the, the times of scrolling benefits our family. I'm just gonna say in faith, you know? And sometimes she doesn't tell me that we're, we're going on a TikTok rendezvous until uh, we're, we're in our rental car on, on, on a trip or, or, or the Uber driver's going and she turn here, turn there. And, 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 and next thing I know, she, we're, 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 she's getting out of the car, we're getting out and, 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 and I got to like watch for the curbs and stuff because she's not even looking where she's going because she's like, I think we're here. And, 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 and take a picture, this is it. You know, and, and, and I realized, dang, you, you, you had an opportunity to visit a restaurant, you had an opportunity to visit this, this landmark. We, we had an opportunity to, to, to go to this place that if we didn't come here in person, you would have only known from a snippet or a soundbite. 
You see snippets and sound bites. That's what you can see on, on TikTok. That's what you can see on Instagram. Snippets and sound bites. It's, it's these short, uh, whether they're eight seconds or all the way up to three minutes or as long as they can go, just a snippet and a, and a sound bite to, to, to where that creator uh, tries their best to, to paint a picture or to influence you or, or, or to give you just enough know-how or understanding to make that clip worth it. And, and us as the viewer, us as the user, at times, do our best to gather as much knowledge and understanding and, 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 and relevance as we can from that snippet and soundbite. And we can say that it's only social media users that, that, that benefit from snippets and soundbites, but some of you guys benefit from snippets and soundbites uh, every uh, afternoon and evening, and it's called the news. I benefit from snippets and soundbites before bed with this man named Scott Van Pelt as, as I watch SportsCenter and they give me snippets and sound bites from sporting events that I didn't attend. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I, I appreciate the fact that I can get the snippets and sound bites and, and I can know just enough of, of, of the score and I can, I can know who played well and who didn't. I can, I can know who was at the game and who wasn't, at least from the ones that were on the field. But it's a snippet and sound bite and, and I've gotta be careful not to convince myself that I know more than I do based on that snippet and sound bite. I told the story, uh, I think it was a month back, of the, of the young lady that, that claimed to be a part of our, our, our youth ministry when it turns out that she'd never stepped foot in our building, never stepped foot or any of our small groups. The, the only thing that she'd experienced of City Youth is the snippets and sound bites from our Instagram page. And snippets and sound bites can, can at times be effective and helpful. I am so thankful for the snippets and sound bites on YouTube when something breaks in my house. I, I think there's, 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 there's times where, where it's good, but, but sometimes snippets and sound bites can affect us relationally. Because we see snippets and sound bites of something, whether they are a, a, a celebrity we see on a screen or someone that lives on our, our, in our own town, and we begin to pass judgment and we begin to think we know more about them or le- we think we can, can form an opinion about them just based on the snippets and sound bites. There's people who went to the voting polls and made their decision based on snippets and sound bites. There's times that people will choose a career or choose an educational path based on snippets and sound bites. And unfortunately, we live in a crazy enough society to where people choose a spouse based on snippets and sound bites. But I don't know if there's a more harmful environment than people who make the choice or just fall into the pattern of utilizing just snippets and sound bites to develop their relationship with Jesus. Snippets and sound bites. I'm here every Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. They sing, they preach, we hug, and I go out and live the rest of my week. Snippets and sound bites. Uh, there, there's times where we'll, 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 we'll post a verse or we'll write a verse in a note or we'll have a verse in our, in our email or we'll, 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 we'll text it out to somebody and it's a snippet of a verse and it's a sound bite from a verse of a chapter that we've never read. Snippets and sound bites of a, of a Bible character that we try to say, that relates to me, and, and, and you, you actually don't even know the story of that Bible character. But we formulate this place we have, this walk with Jesus, this, this, this life in, in Christ, and it's based on snippets and sound bites. But then when things get rocky, and when the floods start to come, you, you, you begin to realize that there's no firm foundation in snippets and sound bites. Because 
more now than ever, I've come to realize that it's when you're only understanding the snippets and sound bites, when you're only living by way of snippets and sound bites, it's so much easier to be deceived. It's so much easier to see another clip, another snippet, another sound bite, and it begins to formulate something in your mind to say, maybe that's just as correct, right, and proper as this other clip that I'm living off of. I've got some of my best friends that I went to school with and were doing ministry well before me who I've had conversations with now and they, 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 they've told me honestly, they said, I, I'm in a place right now where I'm something called deconstructing. Deconstructing, they're saying, I, I don't know if I, if I believe in, in Jesus the way I did before. I don't know if I believe in what the Bible says anymore. And I, and I asked them, how did, you, how did you get to that place? And you know what they described to me? They described all the snippets and sound bites that they've seen. And, and then, then I, I, I do my best while, while still lovingly comforting them and, and lovingly uh, confiding with them. Uh, but then I start to find out that the snippets and sound bites that took them away only had to replace the snippets and sound bites that they were living by to begin with. Snipping and, 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 and please understand this, I'm not saying anything that is, is, is wrong with, with, with preaching clips and podcasts and, 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 and parachurches or anything like that. But when I, when I begin to hear like, well, I was involved in, in, in this campus ministry and I, and I, and I was on that, on that team and I went on that missions trip and I don't hear, when, when they're saying all these things but they don't talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus, I, I realize they were sold so short because they were only living off snippets and sound bites. You ever heard of TikTok? No, I'm just kidding. So, so we're in a place now. We're in a place now in John chapter 10. And, and, and if you want, want some background on, on the book of John, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the Gospels, right? Those are, those are the Gospels. That's where we see the life of Jesus. But, but my, my city youth students and city youth leaders will help me out when I say, but how much of the Bible is about Jesus? But we see the life of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, but it's Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are called the synoptic gospels, meaning those are the three uh, books of the, of the gospels that, that come into alignment with the stories that you'll see and, and the different characters that are going to show up and the, and, and, and the, the different miracles that are, that are done. But the gospel of John, which is the fourth one, is actually about 85 to 90% unique, 90, 85 to 90% different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The gospel of John uh, is, is absolutely full of some incredible theology, incredible uh, things that, that, that the, the, the doctrines that we see. And, and Jesus talks so much about who he is in the, in the first half from, from, from uh, the beginning, beginning half of John chapter 10. Uh, Jesus is, is giving this explanation, uh, but we better give the background first. In the book of John, in, in chapter 2, we see the, the wedding at Canaan where, where, where he turns water into wine. Chapter 4, we see when he encounters this woman at the well. In John chapter 8, he has this encounter with this woman who committed adultery. And then John chapter nine, he heals blind eyes of a man. And when he heals the blind eyes of a man, the, the, the Pharisees, or we should say the, the, the church leaders were not happy with what went, went on because this man who's claiming to be this savior is, is performing these miracles and what power is he performing these under and how, how is he able to do this? So this young man who, who gets his, his, his eyes healed, his blind eyes open, they call not only him, but they call his parents to go before the council. And they're trying to explain, this blind man is saying, I, I can't honestly tell you what all went on. But what I do know is I was blind and now I can see. And his parents said the same thing. He is a grown man. 
And we can't tell you everything that went on, but we just know, we do know this. Our son was blind and now our son can see and the Pharisees are, are saying, how, how is this that, that this can happen? And Jesus begins a dialogue that starts in chapter nine and it rolls into chapter 10. And when we get to chapter 10, this is when Jesus uh, starts by saying, truly, truly, I say to you, basically saying this, I, I need you to understand this. I need you to get this. Hear me when I say this. And he starts talking about, now Jesus is shifting in, in, in chapter uh, 12 through uh, John 21, he starts, in the beginning of, of, of the book of John, Jesus, it's all about his ministry to the people. And as he shifts gears from 11, 12, and all the way to the end of the book, he starts talking, uh, Jesus is doing ministry to his disciples, doing ministry with his own people. And then in chapter 17, he prays an incredible prayer for the people. But Jesus is shifting gears and he's going from this miracle to an explanation of himself. And he's, I, I want you to understand who I am. I want you to understand who I am, but also I want you to understand who I'm not. I, I want you to understand who I am, and I want you to understand who's not me. And Jesus gives this beautiful illustration of, of talking about a sheepfold, a sheepfold, an area where, where, where sheep are, are kept. And Jesus is talking about it, and, and, and he says, he, he says, he talks about entering the gate. He's ta he talks about, uh, in, in, in verse two it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. But I love how it says in, in verse three that when the sheep hear his voice and he calls each one of his sheep by name. He calls them by name. I, I, it's, it's, it's a very short verse, but it's so profound because it once again reminds us that in the kingdom of God there's no accidents. In the kingdom of God, there's no one we can look and say, this person must be a mistake. This person's life was too bad. This person's life was too insignificant. This, this person, their story is, 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 is too wild and too crazy. Uh, the only thing you need to know about their story, if they're here in the, in the, in the, in the house of God and they're moving forward in the, in the kingdom of God and they're following Jesus, this is the only thing you need to know about them is that their name was called by the one who does the calling. And thankfully, it's not us who does the calling. It's the shepherd that does the calling. But I wanna lean into verse four. I wanna lean into verse four because it says in verse four that when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. His sheep know his voice. We're in a, we're in a society now, we're in a world where, where we have access to so many different voices. And, and to be completely honest, uh, many of us present ourselves to, to, to so many different voices. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of counseling. I get counseling and, and I do counseling. Uh, and, and, and I think it's great to have a lot of mentors or, or at least a couple of trusted mentors. And I think it's great to have a pastor. I think it's great to have a small group. I think it's great to have a ministry leader. But I think it's great that the schools now have, have uh, 50 million different titles for, for all these different principals and all these, these different uh, assistants and all these different helpers and workers. And, and, and even though these, a lot of these positions are important and all these positions are valuable, you know what it is? It's just more voices. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but the more voices that are available, the more we have to learn how to decipher which is the voice I'm supposed to be listening to. What is the voice of wisdom I need to hear? What is the voice that should be and needs to be speaking into my life? And there's no more valuable voice than the one who created you to begin with. There's no more valuable voice than the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, the one who spoke life into you from the very beginning, the only one that knows your past, present, and future. And I think it's important for us to understand, and point number one, it sounds a, a, a very simple, but it's important for us to understand and honestly to grab a hold of. Number one is just this, God speaks. God speaks. And God, just, God doesn't just speak to the person on the stage with a microphone. 
God doesn't just speak to the altar worker that comes to, the, to this point. God doesn't just speak to the small group leader. Jeremiah 33.3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. The Lord is telling prophet Jeremiah, if you call to me, I will answer you. I will be in a conversation with you. But you know the number one way that God speaks? He speaks right here through his word. The number one way God speaks is through his word. I used the example earlier today. I don't, I don't know if, uh, if some of you parents have, have interacted this way, the way my family did, but before our parents could text us instructions or, or text us, uh, uh, w- w- ask us where we are or anything like that, you know, my, my parents, whether they were leaving for work or, or leaving out for ministry or mission trip or whatever else, uh, my parents would do the same thing every time. They would leave us a note on the counter, right? They would leave a note on the counter, and, 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 and that note on the counter was, was sometimes real encouraging and real happy to read, and, and sometimes it was a reminder of, of, of what you, you didn't do the night before and, 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 and what life's going to look like, you know. Um, but, but, but they would leave that note. And I can tell you right now, it would always be either in their handwriting or, or every once in a while it, it feels they needed a lot of, to be typed out. But, but, but here's the deal. I would, I would never look at that note and see the encouragement, the correction, and the instructions and then pick up the landline phone and call the church or, or, or call their office or, or, or call them even on their cell phone and say, hey, I know you left a note, but instead of reading the note, I, I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me instructions. I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to tell me what you're thinking about me right now. I need you to tell me, if, did I get everything right last night? What, what do you have planned for me moving forward? But we do it to God all the time. He left us a beautiful note with all the answers. He left us all the, the thoughts we need to understand. He, he left us, there's, there's not one scenario you will ever face in life that's not addressed in this book, but instead of reading it, we say, I need you, where are you? There's nothing wrong with crying, Abba, Father. In fact, we were taught to do it. It's important. He wants to hear from us, but at the same time, not in, in place of reading the instruction that he left for us so beautifully. He speaks through his word. Romans chapter 10 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. We, you want your faith to grow. You want, you, you, you want your, your, you wanna be more confident in, in his call on your life and, and you wanna know more about who he wants you to be and who he wants you to be around and, and you wanna have his wisdom, then, then, then you want your faith to grow and it says that your faith grows through hearing and hearing through the word of God. I love in 2 Timothy chapter three, it says all scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. If you're, a, if you're a leader in this room, don't you love the fact that you have access to teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training? If you're a parent in this room, aren't you thankful that you have access to teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training? If you're a spouse, I'm just kidding. If there, <laughs> Ephesians 5 talks about submission. Um, no. But, but you guys, you, you with me, you guys hearing me. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Uh, there's so many books out there. There's so many podcasts out, podcasts out there. I'm thankful for them. We, we have prophetic weekends, and, and, and there's times where, where we see, my goodness, people are piling up for each other to hear a word from God. 
There's some people, I remember one time being in a service and a, and a person got prayed for and, 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 and they, they, they really seemed to have a, a great encounter with Jesus and, you know, they're crying and, and, and they, they were given a word and, 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 and I just really believe that they had a, a God encounter in the moment. And then, then the person comes over to me and says, hey, can you pray for me about this topic? And I said, I said well, what's going on? And they, they told me what was going on and I said, well, what did you have them pray about? And they're like, the same thing, but, but, but I want you to do it. <laughs> I don't know who you think I am. But, 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 but the reason why I address that is because there's times where we're chasing voices, chasing powers, chasing what we think is rank in order to get to God when he's like, hey, I'll talk to you. I'll speak to you. I'll correct you. I'll rebuke you. I'll train you. I'll grow you. I'll love you. One more thing. I'm going to lose time again. One more thing. I got I to share this. I got to share this. See, my dad used to work at a school. My dad, he had a ton of different jobs while he started the church, and he was by and tri-vocational for a very long time while the church was growing. And one time he was working for a middle school, and in order to help out with the English classes, they wanted him to read the novels that were assigned to the classes so he can be ready to help. And it turns out that some of the novels he, he was assigned to read uh, were the same ones I was assigned to read at the school I was going to. And, and I remember I had a moment of honesty. I had to go to my parents one night. It was late, and, and I was supposed to be starting a, a project and a, a, a report, like an essay type thing. And I go to my parents, and I'm like, I got to write an essay on this book. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't read it. I did not read this book. I, I don't know what went on in this story, and I have to write something. And if, and if I don't, I'm telling you guys ahead of time, I'm going to be ineligible for sports pretty soon because I'm going to fail this. And my mom's like, that's the lesson you need to learn. Okay, you're going to find out the hard way. My dad climbs out of bed. He comes. He's like, hey, what books do you have to read? And I told him. And he goes to his bookshelf. And he has the same books on his shelf. But right next to the, those books on the bookshelf are these thin little yellow books. Right next to him. He's like, hey, man. They tried to get me to read those books too. He's like, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm trying to preach and lead, you know. And he pulls out these books called Cliff Notes. He said, this is like a 30-page book. And, it, and if you read this 30-page book, you'll know everything you need to know in that 300-page book right there. And you can go write your essay, all right? Put it back where you found it. Listen, man, I, I got through school with Cliff Notes. But that same man is my pastor, he's my father, and he's my leader. And he's never went next to his section of Bibles and said, hey, I'm going to give you something to read so you don't have to read that whole book right there. He never gave me cliff notes for a Bible. He never said that there's any part I don't need to read. He never said, hey, son, you can get through, you can get through life, you can get through leadership, you can get through uh, parenting, you can get through marriage uh, by just snippets and sound bites of your Bible. He said, no, son, love this thing. Read this thing. Guys, the cliff notes, the snippets, the sound bites, they're not going to get us through what the world is trying to come our way what the world is trying to serve us up, and they're definitely not going to get through the deception because I'm telling you right now, the, de the deceivers are getting better and better. They're getting better and better. They're getting more and more convincing. But we only have one truth, and that's Jesus. But find, I'm telling you, find, find a Bible and read it. And, and, and just the same way that you work hard to figure other, other things out, a lot of people say, well, the Bible's too hard. I don't know where to start. You found a way to start in that career. You found a way to start in that education. Uh, anybody who has a degree knows that it's not, that's not easy to get. You, you learn how to do all this 
foam and froth and all these different ads and shake the ice and all that kind of stuff for, 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 for coffee drinks and whatever else. Uh, that, that's, I don't know, you look that up. Let's, let's look up what that verse means. Let's find someone, let's find a mentor. Let's find a group that says, hey, I, I, I know the, the, the Bible. I'm, I'm new to it. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I'm willing to learn. Will you sit with me? Can I text you? Can I call you? Can I ask you questions about this character, about this verse? Can, guys, it, it just, are you willing to put in the time, effort, and investment? Are you willing to be alert when you read your Bible instead of just checking the box? Okay, point number two, and it's the only other point. Hearing and knowing the voice of God grows with relationship. It grows with relationship. It doesn't grow the more, more anointing you have. The more you're on stage, the more missions trips you go on, it grows in relationship. I grew up, I grew up in the neighborhood that we were, we were at uh, yesterday for our city day, and, and I, was, I was reminiscing uh, all, all the different moms and parents in the neighborhood, and I remember there was only two, two things that, that can send you home growing up in the block that I live in, and I grew up, I'm a 90s kid, I grew up in the 90s, and the, the, the block that I grew up in, there's only two things that can send you home. One is the streetlights, and number two is your mom's voice. It doesn't matter if you are seven or eight houses down. Your mom comes out in that robe with no rope for some reason and steps out only one foot in your sandal, and opens that door and yells your name, Tyrone! I could be playing the most aggressive basketball or football game of my life. I could be inside someone else's house playing video games with the door closed. I could be surrounded by friends and noise and chaos, and I hear that voice. And they see me get up, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I said, my mom called. I got to go. You know the interesting thing? They would never say, oh, I heard her too. No one else would hear my mom's voice. You know why? Because that's not the voice that would sing them to sleep when they were a baby. That's not the voice that every single night says, I, I love you, son. Sleep good. That's not the, the voice that every single morning said, have a good day at school. I love you. Jesus loves you. I heard so much of her voice, and I was in such a good relationship with her, my ear was tuned to her voice. Even though other people can't hear her voice through the noise, I can because I'm tuned to her voice. How many of us understand that God might be calling you, God might be talking to you, God wants you to hear him. He has so much to say to you, but your ear's just not tuned to him. It only comes by way of relationship. I don't want you, I don't want you to feel bad about it. I don't want you to feel condemned about it because everybody starts somewhere. We think about the prophet Samuel. and In, in, in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, his, his mom Hannah prayed and prayed and prayed for him to be, uh, to be born. And, and, and she said, God, if you give me a son, I'll, I'll, I'll have him raised in your house. And so he was born and, and, and she, she really did. She took Samuel uh, there to the, to the temple to be, to be raised by, by the priest named Eli. And there was a moment when Samuel was a young man where he heard a voice call his name. He heard a voice call his name. And he runs into Eli's room. Eli... Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Samuel, the second time, hears his name called, runs to Eli's room again. Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. The third time, Samuel knows for a fact, he heard his name called, he goes running into Eli's room, and he says, I, I know you called me, what do you need? And I'm paraphrasing, but Eli, Eli says, no, no, okay, I know what's going on. The next time you hear your name called, I want you to look up and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Samuel goes back to his room, he hears his name called. He says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And God begins to download into him the things that are going to happen over the next uh, a few years and decades in the nation. And he begins, becomes this prophet. But this is what I want you guys to understand. It's okay to start with a misunderstanding. It's okay to be in a place where, where at first you, you may be missing it. But, but 
but missing it doesn't mean he's not speaking. Missing it just means we've got to open up our hearts, our minds, and our ears and say, I'm listening. God, I'm listening. If you're willing to speak, I'm listening. I want to give just some of the practical ways that God speaks. And I don't, I don't know if I'm the most incredibly qualified to talk about this, but it's some experiences in my own life and things that you see in scripture and things that I've learned from people. And, and I know a lot of us in here are very practical. You know, we're like, so, so what do I do now? You know, give me three steps. But here's, here's some of the hearing of God. I, I did a raise of hands in first service and I was actually shocked by it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again. Has, has anyone in this room ever heard the audible voice of God? The audible voice of God. You are my new mentors, keep it up. Okay, now, I never have. Our lead pastor, uh, my dad, he said he's heard the audible voice of God, I think, I believe two times, and one of them was when he started this church. Uh, listen, I, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. You saw the hands go up. God, God speaks in an audible voice. We can assume it sounds like James Earl Jones or Mufasa. I don't know, but, <laughs> but he still speaks audibly. That's one way. The other thing that you can experience is a holy conviction. You think it's just a nudge, but that's God speaking. He said, don't you send that text. Hey, it's, 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 everyone else is still hanging out, but it's time for you to go. Close that laptop. Go back, go back and lay in that room with your spouse. Go back and apologize to your kids. You're not quitting this job. A holy conviction. You know, how, you know how we know the difference between it being a holy conviction and condemnation? Because a holy conviction takes us towards the things of God. Condemnation pushes us away. Condemnation makes us feel less than. Holy conviction brings us to a place that even though it's tough to do, we, we, we say, yes, Lord, because it's like, I, I, I know this is right. He's speaking to you through a holy conviction. How about when you experience confirmation? You give that money that you didn't think you had to give. You take that phone call you didn't want to take, you take that meeting, you go on that trip, and as you're there, he's just speaking to your spirit, see? That was right. Just you experience that holy confirmation. Sometimes it's unexplainable peace, unexplainable joy. You get bad news, you're going through a chaotic season in your life. And everyone else expects you to be falling apart. Everyone thinks that you should be crumbling. Everyone thinks that you should be struggling. But, but you can't explain it, and sometimes you can't verbalize it but, it. but it's almost as if the Spirit is there just saying, no, we're okay. We're going to get through this. Yeah, they, 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 they think you should be a crying mess and disaster, and maybe they would be. But I'm speaking encouragement over you. I'm speaking life into you in this chaos. Just, just an unexplainable peace and joy. Sometimes the Lord speaks, and we know he spoke because, because it turns into a call to action. So many of the people in here and watching online have been on missions trips. And it's like you're sitting in your seat, and you see the, 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 the post or the advertisement or whatever else about a different country, and you can't explain it. And honestly, oftentimes it doesn't make sense to you, but something in your spirit says, you're going. A call to action. Some of you started a business and all of your colleagues were like, this makes no sense. You're starting it at this time, in this city, with that amount of money. But you knew, you, got, you, know, you knew God spoke because it turned into a call to action. 
I was talking about it in the first service where, where, where we, I, unfortunately, I don't know if it's due to the economy or whatever else, but we have more and more uh, homeless people in, in our city, and, and, and there's times where it's easy to, to, to drive by and pretend you don't see them or to be overwhelmed by the fact that there's so many, so you just don't give to any, but then you find yourself turning around for a certain one and just saying, no, go have that conversation. It's a call to action. And probably the most important thing I can tell you right now when it comes to the voice of God, we know he speaks and we know when he's speaking because it always aligns with his word. God will never tell you anything that doesn't align with his word. He'll never tell you anything that, that, that is in contrast to, to what his word has already said. And sometimes you, 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 have, to, you have to go to the scripture and, 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 and you have to get some counsel and you have to get some help to make sure it aligns because God, God didn't ever tell anybody to go buy an iPhone. Right? You know what I mean? God's not going to tell you those things. Some people, are, some people are like, well, he doesn't tell me the specific exact things. Now, nah, he might not tell you, go buy a brand new iPhone, but he'll tell you uh, the wisdom with your finances. And, and, and he'll give you understanding of the communication that you need, and he'll, and he'll confirm in your spirit. You guys, you guys with me? You get what I'm saying? He, uh, some people get a little too carried away, like, oh, it, it doesn't say exactly what I need. Like, just order or move. Like, you know, it's, we don't need a verse for that, you know? Team, why don't you come on up? Why don't you come up here acting up? But I love in the, in the passage, so Jesus goes on to say that they won't follow a stranger's voice. In verse 5, it says, they won't follow a stranger's voice because they know mine. And then the disciples, which we've seen this way too many times, the disciples are like, we still don't get it. I'm like, goodness gracious. In verse 7, Jesus starts to, under, to help them understand, and he says, he says, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the door. The sheepfold is here. I am the door. In order for anyone to get to where my sheep are, the ones that I'm leading, the ones I want in safety, the ones that I want to prosper, the ones that I want to bless, for anyone to get in there, they have to go through me. I am the door. Something about sheep, a couple things that we should know about sheep. It's interesting. The Bible compares us to sheep a number of times. You hear the parable of the lost sheep. You hear Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it's cool things. I, I did a little research on sheep. And it says that sheep are clever and relational. A lot of times people think sheep are dumb. They're clever and they're relational. In fact, sheep can recognize 50 faces for up to two years. It means nothing to this message, but. <laughs> sheep have a 360 degree radius of vision. This matters, why? Because sheep can see all that's going on around them. And you know what else sheep can see? Sheep can see where they came from. Sheep can see what's gone on before them. Sheep can look back with 20-20 vision to the past. And they can see what everybody else is getting, what everyone else is doing. And they can feel better about themselves because of the highs and lows of what they see around them. But sheep have poor depth perception. They can see around them, and they can definitely see behind, but they can't see ahead. And that's why they need a shepherd. It's easy to see what's going on around you. You can recognize what's going on around you. It's definitely easy to look back into the past with 20-20 vision, but we need a shepherd because we can't see what's coming ahead. And the best part about it, the best part about it, and you can, you can look at a snip and sound bite of YouTube of this, and it says this, or you can watch videos of this. I can go to a flock of sheep right next to the shepherd, and I can use the same words, the same accent, the same tempo, the same pace, at the same time that they would normally say something and the sheep won't respond. 
This is a scientific. This is a proven fact. I was fine until you laughed. It's a proven fact that sheep will only respond to the voice of their shepherd. It's a proven fact that things that are similarly said or appealing, fancy, nice looking, influential voices can say things, but the followers of the shepherd won't bend and fold because they only are tuned to one voice. How are they tuned to that voice? By way of relationship. They're tuned to that voice because they've heard him talk enough to where they know the difference between the wrong voices and the right. They know the difference between the wrong words and the right. In verse 10, Jesus lets us know that there's, there's, there's an attempt for deception because he says the thief comes to still kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. What does that let us know? Yes, there's people in the, in the, the, the chapter it says they're trying to climb over the wall. Guys, there's a, there's, a, there's a power that's after you. There's a force that's after you. Let's, let's not be a defenseless, defenseless church. There's, a, there's, there's just as much power that is attempting to come after you. But there's a greater power because he says this. He says the thief is, he's attempting to still kill and destroy your marriage, your family, your thoughts, your business, your wisdom, your decision making. He's trying to still kill and destroy that. But I have come so that you can have life and life more abundantly. What does abundant life mean? It doesn't necessarily mean an affluent life. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean riches. It doesn't necessarily even mean a long life, but it really is what, what, we, what we truly want. It's fulfillment and contentment. He said, I've come so that you can have an abundant life, a life where you don't feel like you're lacking, a life that only measures up to my goodness. And lastly, you can stand. You can stand. Verse 11 Jesus makes one more thing clear. He says, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And it's something interesting about those who open the gates with, for sheep in a sheep herd. This is, this is still, a, once again, a true thing. Those that open the gates of a, of a sheep herd, whether it's the gate watcher or it's the shepherd, the way that they end the night or the way that they end their, their, their session, that the feeding is all over and then the way they come to a close is... It says that the shepherd lays down at the gate. He lays across the area of the gate. Why? Because if anyone's going to come try to harm his sheep, they first have to trample him out. If anyone's going to ever try to come and, 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 and uh, get in the way of the safety, get in the way of the feeding, get in the way of the nourishment of the sheep, they first have to trample him. But it's interesting because Jesus Though he lays down at the gate and he is the gate and he is the shepherd, he says this, in order for us humans to have greater access to the Father, this is what he said he did in verse, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He laid down his life for you, not in some physical way so they have to trample him trample him in order to get to you. He laid down his life for you so there's not even a chance for them to get to you. He's not going to be trampled because the last time I checked, the enemy has been defeated. The last time I checked, they tried to take him down. The last time I checked, they tried to lie about him. Even to this day, there's still those trying to deceive us that the Bible isn't true, that the gospel isn't real, that he really, really didn't die for us, that he really didn't save us. 
that he really wasn't victorious over the cross. But if you're watching right now and if you're in this room, you're standing next to living witnesses that went from death to life because of the power of that cross. From brokenness, you are surrounded by marriages that should have been done, kids that weren't coming home. You're surrounded by people who did not want anything to do with Jesus, but because he gave his life, death was stomped out. And now we get the opportunity to hear his voice. It says when he gave his life, the veil was torn. Why? So that we can be made right with the Father and hear his voice. We don't have to go through someone else. It says in John chapter 8, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you're not of God. I want you to understand something. We serve a God that wants to speak to you. We serve a God that wants to lead you, that wants to love you, that wants to confirm in you the purpose and destiny he's put in your life as an individual. But the first, first step is to follow him. The first step is to say yes to him. And as you follow, you will be in tune with his voice. As you follow, you'll be able to get these, these words spoken to your spirit and, and spoken to your mind to where you don't have to wonder what you can gain from the snippets and the sound bites. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you are a God that speaks. We thank you that you are a God that loves us, that you are a God that wants to encounter us each and every day. As I pray in this moment, if there are any here that are far from you, Lord, I pray that, that you begin to already download into their heart how much you love them, how much you care, the fact that you never left them, the fact that you know everything about them and you still love them, still want to use them, still have a purpose and plan and destiny for their life. For those, Lord, who may have had seasons where they're away from you or for those, Lord, who, who just really need to specifically hear from you today, whether they're watching online or in the building. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak. We thank you that you're a God that as much as you are our Lord and as much as you are our Savior, you are also our gentle shepherd that guides us and leads us in our everyday life. We pray that we posture our hearts and minds, that we tune our ears to your voice once again. We love you, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. The altars are open. If you need prayer for your, your family, if you wanna have a hear from God moment, if, if you wanna bring someone with you, if you need healing in your body, don't miss this moment. And as we worship together, I'm gonna ask that you please don't leave during this moment of worship. This is very much a part of the service and then you will be dismissed. God bless you.